With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White. An on-demand audio presentation of RedPeachSports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Aaron and the Tomcat, Tommy Tharp from Mangum, Mangum's head coach, hanging out on this Thursday morning. Sorry, still trying to figure out what day it is, Tomcat. Yeah, you must be trying to figure out what time it is. That's your opening line, and you bust it out at 8 o'clock. What's up with that? Well, you're getting a little distracted here. Uh, we're working on Chris Blair. Uh, we'll get him here in a second, yeah, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so let's uh, discuss uh, what we continue. You, you gave me a U.S. Open update. Of course, we enjoyed having Roy Lang on the show to start off the show uh, from the Shreveport Times, typically they're covering an event, a huge event. Pretty cool this week, though. He is on the bag for uh, the Barbaray kid, Philip Barbaray. Uh, That's awesome. Roy Lang, the caddy. He is the caddy. Yeah, the journalist. Yeah, I was just looking at the scores here. There's, there's professional golfers right now, names that you don't hear a lot of, and there's some that you do. Uh, this Gregory Cat from Scotland, he's 10 over through seven holes. Jordan Spieth, four over through two holes. Uh, the Schwartzel guy from Jeremy's four over through three holes. This is going to be an incredibly tough golf course. Uh, I'm not going to be surprised if, uh, you know, even or right around even wins this thing, mm. which is fun. I love watching those kind of tournaments. We always have this argument. Yeah. Do, do, you, do you want to see him at 10, 11, 12 under, you know, some shot making, playmaking skills? Yeah. Or do you want to see, you know, where they're just, you know, basically just scrambling to make par? Yeah. I like it where they have to work. Because it's so seldom they do. Most tournaments are won at least ten or twelve under, and uh, which makes the, which means that course is incredibly hard when the best golfers in the world can only go a couple under each day. Uh, but man, when they get on these courses where they're just having to work their rear end off to get par, and one missed shot costs you two strokes. That makes it fun. It's never over then. All right, U.S. Open. That is one of the major storylines. Of course, we'll, we'll be following uh throughout the week as uh, it tees off and uh, of course the, the travel isn't it weird the logistics now that is going to be a storyline uh world's greatest golfers having issues getting to the course yeah apparently it's maybe one road in and one road out and kind of rural and uh, i think i think roy said this morning it takes sometimes three hours to beat the traffic to get in and um uh, i think you also mentioned that tiger woods doesn't have such a problem uh because his yacht's parked out in the bay next to the course how about that <laughs> Yeah, how cool is that? That's awesome. He, he refused to call it a yacht, though, Yeah, because yeah. he knew that wouldn't probably come across uh, the right way. Well, I've, I, got, I got a feeling that if you Google it and look at it, it's probably a yacht. He's calling it a dinghy, I think. Is, I that, is, that, is there such a thing as that? <laughs> yeah, but I'm not sure that's a boat. <laughs> yes. Uh, breaking down a couple things. How about we go there? So if you had to make your, your dream foursome, Tommy Tharp, and yeah. I can't play with you. So – who, That's who, too bad because you were certainly <laughs> on it. Who would you put in that foursome? Gosh, I don't know. I, you know, I don't know that I would take uh, all golfers necessarily. And by the way, I am looking at Tiger uh, Woods' yacht, and that thing's definitely a yacht. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, gosh, I don't know. 
My favorite golfer of all time is Jack Nicklaus. I, right. I, I grew up in that era and watched him, you know, people in the Tiger Woods era saw a dominating golfer, but nothing like Jack was. I mean, just there just wasn't. If it was going to be a golfer, it would be him. Uh, I'd love to play with, with Lee Trevino. Uh, I, I get tickled every time I listen to him. He's so down to earth, and I think it would be a lot of fun uh, with him. Uh, gosh, I don't know. That's something to think about because I don't think it would all be golfers. That would be my two golfers for sure. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Just overall, the fun of it. I mean, yeah. I think I think you would probably you Charles Barkley. Would you put him in the mix? No, no. Bill Murray. No, maybe Bill Murray. He would certainly be in my top ten. He'd be a lot of fun. A bit distracting, I'm sure, but that's okay. Um, I don't know who plays golf, and I don't know that it matters. I just yeah. like to have. There's, there's certain guys you'd want to be around and listen to, and uh, and not necessarily learn golf from, but just listen to and enjoy their company. As you continue to play, and and. You, What's cool about golf is you actually learn a lot about a person out on the golf course. Yeah, you do. How they handle a little adversity, and then, of course, what they think of themselves and they yep. think of their game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, it, 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 you know, a lot of people want to use that old adage that football or golf or whatever builds character. I don't know about build it, but it sure does reveal it. You can, you can learn a lot from about a man on a golf course. Uh, these are exciting times for your Mangum football program. Of course, as a field house and a indoor facility continues to go up. Yeah. What's the current status of it? Uh, you know, I walked through it yesterday. Um, I think we're probably a couple, maybe three weeks away from the completion of the field house. Uh, I hope no more than that. Uh, and then the uh, indoor facility, it was put on the back burner so we could complete that field house and get all our equipment and everything back in. Uh, the indoor facility should be done, uh, they say, in the middle of August, maybe a little later than that. I don't know. I'm not sure how quick that takes place. But certainly by the end of September, mid-September, where everything ought to be completed. Uh, and it's been, a, it's been tough, you know, as far as we didn't have complete facilities last year due to the track and the stadium rebuild. We had to play all those away games. And then this year, We've been we got all our weights pushed into literally a tractor shed with no air and uh, no ventilation. It's uh, tell you what you can get sweated down out there lifting every every day. Uh, so it's going it's a welcome when it gets done. It'll certainly be welcome and the kids will love it and they're excited about getting a chance to get in as have, as are all the coaches. What's that like uh, as the the months have gone on and now it gets closer? I mean the kids got to be tickled to death just to see that thing going up. You know, it's been an interesting study. The kids, I don't think they realize what they're getting. I think most of the kids, they see the, the shiny sheet metal on the outside, but I don't think they realize what an upgrade this is going to be. And, right. and like most kids, I don't think they appreciate what it came from to what it is, even the ones that have been here. Mm -hmm. I mean, because we had, and, and I think you can attest to this, yes. we had some of the worst facilities in North Louisiana on any level. Yes. I mean, just old and run down, and, and we did the best we could with it. And we we're proud of what we had, but this is going to be, you know, we're going from uh, the outhouse to the penthouse, as, as one of my old coaches used to say. And no disrespect, I mean, that was an outhouse. And I know you tried to clean up that outhouse as much as you could, but, I mean, there's just so much polish you can do. Wow, Dietrich, now you're taking shots. No, I'm just saying. I mean, the same yeah. kid, if you come through Mangum, still has the number one sign for you, buddy. <laughs> Yeah, it was pretty bad, but uh, we, we mean, made do. The locker room was a little rough, but then rough. I, I think the weight room, and I only mentioned there a few times, I was yeah. like, wow, and then every time I do that. It, but you know what it did, though? It made me appreciate a little bit more what you guys had been accomplishing year in and year out, succeeding with those issues, of course, with your uh, facilities. Well, and we used it. We were fortunate. We used it in, in a way, I guess. Uh, I, learned, I learned from a lot of old coaches. One of the ones I learned from was uh, – 
Um, oh gosh, now it escapes my, my mind. The guy that was at BYU forever. Help me out. I'm jumping in my mind. Um, old coach was Lavelle there. Edwards. Lavelle Edwards. Thank you. Golly, I couldn't yeah. stand out. He said something one time about making the best out of what you got. He was talking about his kids going off on mission trips for the Mormon faith, then coming back. And everybody used to say that was a negative, but he turned it into a positive because he felt like they were more mature when they got back. Well, our facilities were, were terrible. And uh, so anybody we played, we could say, man, they're over here in this Taj Mahal and we're down there in this rat hole trying to win a football game. We care about the sport and, and uh, can't do that one anymore. We're going to go with something else now. Uh, in terms of this facility, what will it be comparable to? Oh, uh, you know, I don't know. Um, Size-wise, uh, certainly about anything in AA. Uh, you know, Neville's, the guys with the brick field houses and the things like that are going to be a little cleaner maybe as far as the look. and uh, But as far as the actual facility, uh, it's going to be about as good as you're going to get in AA, maybe AAA around here. Um, it, and then, of it, course, the indoor part of it's going to separate you a little bit. Well, we hope so. It, you know, it, it's not as it's not as big as we liked it. If we'd like to have it, but I think everybody's going to say that when they build it indoor, and I'm sure that a lot of other folks are going to get bigger and nicer indoor facilities at some point. Uh, but right now, we're going to have the only one state of Louisiana, and it's going to you know it's going to serve our, our softball team, our baseball team, our basketball team. Our, I'm sure we're going to have cheer stuff in it. It's going to be a multi-purpose facility, but it's essentially got a big barn with turf in it and uh, uh you know it's it's going to be nice with bathrooms and connected to our field house and, and air conditioned and heated and and uh we're going to be able to get a lot of stuff done uh, on a bad weather day in there and how many times uh, during uh, november or early december preparing for a state championship game have we you know yeah. there have been practices and walkthroughs through a number of gyms well we've 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 you know we've had to load buses and you go to richwood go to washita and you'll still do some of that because you want to get on a full-size field but uh, uh, just washouts. I mean, I think the last time we played in the dome, that whole week was a mud hole, and we had a hard time getting anything done. But you got this place now, and there'll be a there'll be a time you can get something done. And I would expect probably teams that are traveling uh, from South Louisiana to North Louisiana to play ball games. You know, if if we're out of the playoffs at that time, they may ask to come use our facility, and and I would you know probably accommodate depending on who they were. Uh, people have been kind enough to accommodate us in the past going down south. It's going to be pretty cool. Great news for Mangum and, of course, same for Wasman. In fact, uh, the Wildcats, I think they're scheduled, Dean Smith told me, here in the next two weeks or so to open up their new field house. It'll right. also feature a little, uh, in, I shouldn't say little, it'll feature a fantastic also indoor facility right. that they can get some things done. Yeah, I've seen some pictures of it. It, it, it looks comfortable. They, I know they have some, uh, I think, coaching offices built into theirs, into the big building. Uh, we are fortunate enough we didn't have to do that. We could leave ours just all turf. Uh, I got a couple of texts here. You can weigh in on the Stuart Shelby Goosehead Insurance Hotline slash text line 888-993-7762. Jay points out in reference to the yacht by Tiger Woods, says it's a $20 million dinghy. $20 million dinghy. You can catch it. You can catch a lot of catfish off that thing. Mm. Uh, FS says he doesn't golf. I don't. He says I don't golf, but I'd love to spend a few hours with Sandy Koufax. That'd be awesome. him in his foursome. That'd be awesome. There's a lot of guys that you would enjoy, I'm sure. Uh, Chris Boyery obviously had some uh, issues with his phone. We will work on trying to wrap up the baseball season and talk a little college football news with him next week. Coming up next, Top 10 Thursday continues. 10 most respected coaches from Tommy Tharp and myself. That's coming up after the break. 
Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price for how many doors, cars, trucks, and SUVs, the king of the road, car king. We treat you like royalty, we earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing, the king of the road, the king of the road, car king. If your business depends on technology, then you can depend on NetTech. We offer remote desktop and service management, cloud-based document access, email services, IP phone services, fiber internet, and data security products. With locations in Monroe and in Ruston, our friendly technicians and help desk staff are ready to solve all your IT problems. Let NetTech be your IT department. Visit nettech.net or call 866-668-0001 today. Come to a peachy paradise, June 22nd and 23rd for the Louisiana Peach Festival in Ruston. Friday, June 22nd, enjoy music from Lacey Cavalier and John King. Don't miss the rodeo, the peach art exhibit, lots of arts and crafts, and of course, the peach parade. June 23rd, we'll have a battle of the bands in Ruston's Railroad Park. Closing out the Peach Festival will be renowned New Orleans party band, Bag of Donuts. From top of the pop to rock songs to dance, all with that Bag of Donuts twist. The 2018 Louisiana Peach Festival in Ruston, June 22nd and 23rd, with a kids' fishing tournament, a peach art exhibit, games and carnival rides, a rodeo. That sounds like a lot, right? Well, it's not even half the story. Go check out more for yourself at louisianapeachfestival.org. The Louisiana Peach Festival in Ruston, June 22nd and 23rd. Now let's get back to the sports on the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King and Monroe. Welcome back to the morning drive, Aaron and uh, Tommy Tharp hanging out on this Thursday morning. It is top 10 Thursday we need your help, some nominees, your most respected uh, coaches. You can hit us up at 888-993-7762. Hey, uh, Chris Boy, the voice of the LSU Tigers. We got through with him. He joins us on the Stuart Shelby Hotline. What's going on, Chris? How are you doing this morning, bud? I'm doing well, man. Sorry about that. I don't know. This phone, I've, I've got to get a new phone. Just sitting there <laughs> making breakfast with the phone right in front of me, and I never saw it ring, so I'm, I apologize. So. Sorry, I'm late, but otherwise no doing issues. well. All right, no issues. We got uh, one of the most successful high school football coaches in today, Tommy Tharp from Mangum, co-hosting with me. He, I may have a question or two, but Chris, overall baseball season has come to an end, kind of a roller coaster ride. Your overall takeaway from this season from the LSU Tigers? This was an over exceeding group of Tigers. Uh, you know, I used to say that my first year with the this 2016 team. Um, and then obviously last year's team that I think was, you know, talented, experienced, and, and was deep enough to make a run to the, you know, the series championship in Omaha. But this, you know, 18 team, I mean, with the injuries, uh, with guys probably having to play much sooner than they expected to, and guys having to play positions a la Austin Bain uh, and Todd Peterson, uh, do things that uh, obviously they were not recruited to do and just had to do for the sake of the team this is a team that was way ahead of their skis uh way uh ahead of expectations for me in 2018 and that's something i you know i think those guys will go down for 
and be remembered for. Um, you know, the big difference in, in, in I think, depth as, as far as pitching is concerned, starting pitching, bullpen pitching, uh, and closers, you know, kind of came to the forefront in Corvallis. Uh, LSU gave it everything it had to get to a regional, uh, had to go play what I think is probably the favorite to win it all in Omaha this year in Oregon State. Um, but all in all, I think, you know, this is a team that some young guys got some valuable experience way ahead of schedule, as I mentioned, which is going to do nothing but improve uh, their opportunities in 2019. And now that the draft, for the most part, we kind of have a picture of how that goes, even with the deadline coming up July 6th, we kind of know who's going to go on to the next level. We know who's going to be coming back. And when you take a look at that, along with some newcomers that will be coming in uh, with this signing class, got to be pretty optimistic. So I think all in all, yeah, it wasn't the type of season LSU is used to. It's not the type of season LSU expects. Um, but when you lose your entire weekend rotation and some of your horses in the lineup, to get to a regional, I think, uh, again, to sum it up, is way ahead of what really this team should have accomplished. Paul Maneri is always nervous when the draft rolls around, not only for the players he has on the current roster, but, of course, this recruiting class for this year, and most of projected as one of, if not the best in the country. How did they fare in terms of those guys coming in? How high, how high that they were drafted? Oh, I think that it was phenomenal. You know, it's interesting about this year's class, at least from the draft standpoint. Um, I was a little surprised because the guys that I knew that were so-called committed to LSU prior to the draft. Uh, I just kind of thought because in years past, you know, their number is going to be called, their number and name is going to be called fairly early, and they're going to have an opportunity to have life-changing money uh, overnight, uh, in essence. Um, that didn't really happen. I mean, you had maybe one or two, but they were still fairly deep in the draft, really only one in danger, I think. Um, outside of that, you know, guys came out immediately and went to Twitter and said, hey, can't get, we can't wait to get to Baton Rouge, can't wait to be an LSU Tiger, and you know, kind of confirming it in so many words. So, I mean, all in all, this may be the best signing class, um, not necessarily the best as far as what they will turn into once they get here, but as far as being able to salvage a signing class and avoid uh, the jaws of the Major League Draft, this has got to be the best one Coach Maneri's had in his time here at LSU, which says a lot because he's had some pretty talented guys come through here and some pretty talented guys who did pass up the draft. Uh, but... Tigers came out pretty good uh, after Monday and Tuesday of last week. The draft is always a weird dynamic with negotiating power and such. And then, of course, player may want more money to, to you know, make it known, hey, you got to offer me this or I'm, I'm going to stay back at LSU. Is that kind of the case you believe with the Zach Watson? Because we look at what he went in the, the 40th round. Most have him projected a lot higher than that. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, Zach's one of those guys along with Zach Hatz that I think, you know, has some leverage. I mean, basically, you're talking about a draft-eligible sophomore. Um, that's, you know, it's one of those things where at that point, it looks like Major League Baseball or, or the organization has most of the leverage because they basically can say, hey, if you want to come to the next level, here's what we'll draft you at, and here's a little bit of money to make it worth your while. But, again, I think it comes down to Zach and, and really anybody who's a draft-eligible sophomore realizing that their best leverage is going to come after their third season considering that they have a great season uh, or at least perform to their expectations and to what the scouts expect them to do. So, you know, it's one of those deals where you kind of can put your toe in the water. If you don't really like the temperature, then you can back out and wait again next year. So, you know, I wasn't a big surprise by 
by it because rarely are you, you have to be just one of those phenoms to get silly money as a draft eligible sophomore because again the junior year i mean they always say the old rule is and it doesn't mean it always works but it usually means after your third year of college baseball is when you have the most leverage once you get beyond that and stay for a fourth year you lose it i don't think that's always true uh, but I do think you don't have a lot when you're a draft-eligible sophomore because they know likelihood you want to stay for your third year. And if you want to come now, here's what it is. But it doesn't become as big an offer as it normally does in your junior season. It's safe to say with uh, former OCS star and Aaron's ace Jake Slaughter going in the 18th round of the Cubs that he's pretty much gone from LSU. That's what I've been told. You know, I'm not sure. I haven't heard of that for sure. But uh, I was, uh, that's the indication that everybody gets. And I'm not sure if that indication is coming from, you know, Jake's camp or, or where. Or, but, uh, you know, that's what we're expecting. I mean, again, I think Zach Hess, Zach Watson, and Antoine Duplantis uh, will be back for the Tigers uh, next year. Um, not so sure about Slaughter, uh, Fiducia, and uh, obviously Cam Sanders. Obviously Nick Bush was the first Tiger drafted. And, he came out immediately and said he would sign and, and give his shot at the next level. Uh, the other three, I don't know if are totally confirmed yet, but that's the indication we get. I think most of that comes from social media and, and just reports in the media. Chris Blair, voice of the LSU Tigers. Uh, you've had an opportunity, of course, to see Oregon State up close and personal, the three schools from the SEC in the College World Series. You look ahead to the College World Series, what do you think? No, I think last year – um, going into the World Series in Omaha with the entire field, I felt like Oregon State, you know, again, they'd won 50 games. They'd only lost, what, four um, last season coming into that. Uh, or two, I forget, it's some ridiculous number. They were the best team there. Now, they did make a decision or a young man made a decision not to uh, perform in the College World Series. And I think when you lose one of your aces um, on the mound, uh, you put yourself at a disadvantage. Uh, obviously, LSU can speak to that, losing Eric Walker. Um, so, again, LSU did a heck of a job beating them twice to eliminate Oregon State, which to me was the championship because they were the better team on paper. Now, on paper doesn't mean anything. You're going to go out and play and win, uh, and you got to give tip your cap to the Florida Gators. Say all that to say, when I look at the field going into Omaha this year, <laughs> I don't see it any different. Now, the uh, – player that uh, took himself out of competition last year, not going to do it this year. He's going to play. Uh, and uh, with that, yeah, I think Oregon State's going to be the team to beat. And uh, I really don't think it's close. Chris, you get some well-deserved uh, time off, hopefully. Uh, what are your summer plans now? Not doing much. Um, <laughs> spent some time with the family, um, kind of the, the family Uber, uh, if you will for the next couple of weeks for camps and uh, things that the kids are going to be involved in. But it's just going to be nice to, you know, take some time, uh, spend some time at home. And then uh, before you know it, boy, calendar is going to flip to August. Fall camp's going to start. and We make the big rise to September 2nd uh, over in the Jerry Dome getting ready for LSU and Miami. So just going to try to take it easy, get away from sports a little bit. There's not much on for my purpose anyway to, to get into. I'll follow the College World Series when that's done. Uh, I'm pretty much done until college football season starts. Well, we certainly won't bother you for a couple of weeks. We certainly look forward to having you on the show in the fall. Chris, you're the best, man. We certainly have enjoyed our visits throughout this season. Thank you, man. No, thanks for having me on. I'm looking forward to it, man. And it's, 
you get in a bind, need to fill five, ten minutes with nonsense, you can call me anytime this summer. All right, we'll call you tomorrow. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Have a great summer, bud. Chris Blair, the voice of the LSU Tigers, we've certainly enjoyed having him on over the course of the last uh, couple of years around the 8 o'clock hour on Thursday mornings. Tommy Tharp, Mangum's head coach, joins us in studio this morning. Coming up after the break, we'll continue Top 10 Thursday. Are you ready, Coach? I'm absolutely ready, and I'm being baffled by these U.S. Open scores. What do we got? Uh, there's people that are 12 over after nine holes. Uh, That's a pretty good score for me. Yeah, that would be really good for me. And the leader right now is one under after seven. There's only five guys under par, and some of the big names are four or five over. Fowler, Spee, some of those guys. I mean, it's a tough course. 888-993-7762. We're back after this on the Morning Drive. Whether you have a sports or an orthopedic injury, nagging low back or neck pain, work-related injury, or even vertigo, get the care and treatment you need at Legacy Outpatient Therapy Services. LOTS has been a reliable health care provider for Ruston and the surrounding communities for over 15 years. Give Chase Patterson and his team of skilled therapists a call at 318-255-9601 or visit our website at LegacyRehab.net. LOTS, official partner of Louisiana Tech Athletics and your home for trusted therapy solutions. Powered by Legacy Rehabilitation. Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price for how many doors, cars, trucks, and SUVs, the king of the road, car king. We treat you like royalty, we earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing, the king of the road, the king of the road, car king. Things heat up and you need to cool down. Call the experts at Chili's Heating and Cooling. Take advantage of our current offers on all our qualifying Lennox air conditioning systems. Visit us online at Jilly'sAC.com and like us on Facebook. Jilly's Heating and Cooling, your independent premier Lennox dealer. Chili's Heating and Cooling. If you or a loved one have been injured or a victim of medical malpractice, you need to go Guerrero. I'm Lauren Guerrero, and my father is Jeff Guerrero. He has helped thousands of people who have been injured in auto accidents, offshore accidents, drug recalls, and victims of medical negligence. So if you or a loved one have been injured through no fault of your own, do what thousands of injured clients have already done. Go Guerrero. Call 24 hours a day at 325-4306 or come by the office at 2200 Forsyth Avenue in Monroe. Local Sports Talk is on the air. On the morning drive, this hour is sponsored by Car King in Monroe. Hey, I put the earphones, uh, headphones on again, Tom. Did you not get the cue there that we're coming back? I don't know your little hand signals. <laughs> you're still talking over there. I can't even hear a word you're saying. Yeah. I'm getting ready to go back on the air. I'm muttering to myself. Yeah, and That's what a lot of golfers are doing right now at the U.S. Open. Man, there's guys that are 12 over par and not even finished with nine holes yet. Who is that? Who's 12 uh, over through nine holes? And then what injury would you come up with to just say, ah, I think Scott I'm Scott Gregory, an English professional golfer who won the 2016 Amateur Championships at the Royal Port Call Golf Club. Yeah. He's 12 over through nine holes. When you're playing really, really bad like that day that I beat you, uh, what, well, excuse, what excuse besides, uh, of course, having a fun night the night before do you come up with? 
Well, that that day, if you recall, also had on the wrong shirt. Oh yeah. So uh, <laughs> Tharp uh, went, oh, out, went, went out and purchased a, a new shirt for yeah. this uh, grudge. And I had day. not properly tested the shirt. And then he said, "Where was it? Too uh, snug around the middle section, around the shoulders, around snug, the guns, a little everywhere, around yeah. the guns mostly. <laughs> uh, that's what I'd like to say. And uh, couldn't couldn't get through my shot. Kept leaving everything out right. <laughs> there was no follow through. There was no follow through. Yeah. How many times have you worn that shirt since? I got rid of that shirt immediately. I got it donated to First Baptist, the little, the little Goodwill store at yeah. First Baptist. So there's some hobo somewhere playing bad golf in that terrible shirt. <laughs> All right, top ten Thursday doing uh, most respected coaches. My list consisted of, and there was a little bit of an Iowa flavor just growing up, Dan Gable, Hayden Fry, Lute Olson, Bill Belichick. Then I went uh, Bob Knight. That was ten through six. Tharp's list consisted of? Uh, Coach K, yeah. uh, Gino Oriema, uh, who, Joe Torrey, Paul Brown, and um, Red Arbeck. Your list is better than mine. Yeah, of course it is. All right, you ready to go uh, five through one? Now, five through one for me, I got an A and a B. I got the one that everybody knows, those Suchita. five guys. And I got the five that are that were just the, the question was respected. And there's some men I respect that nobody knows about that oh. taught me everything I know. Oh, I want to hear about them. Well, and well, you will. Okay. How about that? All right. Cue the music tapes. Let's go. Who do you got at number five, A or B? Thanks. Number five on the, on the I'm going to call it the B list, the guys that everybody would know would be Vince Lombardi, uh, the modern NFL football coach, uh, preaching toughness, brought the game into the limelight, uh, welcomed it into the Super Bowl era. And if you don't know Vince Lombardi or if you're a football coach, you don't have at least one of Vince Lombardi's famous speeches up somewhere framed in your office, then you're not very good. He's it, the guy. That music, is that the A-team? That is the A-team. He would do much better going to NFL Films music, I would think. I <laughs> thought about that, too, last night. Tabor, he should not be telling you how to do your job. The, the guy comes in here for one morning of summer. B.A. Baracus is not <laughs> fitting I'll, I'll, for this. I'll give, I'll give Coach credit, though. That you can't ever go wrong with the NFL music. I'm telling you, man. <laughs> Fits everything. Hold tight, Coach. Uh, I'm impressed you. that you knew a B.A. Baracus. That, that's good. Oh, I was a big A-team fan. Big A-team Any fan. others? Uh, no. Okay. Face man. All right, uh, that was 5B. Who do you have at 5A? 5A, uh, my high school football coach and I was a senior, Henry Woody Bowles. Oh. Uh, LHSAA Hall of Famer. Uh, he's the man who, when I was studying very hard for a physics test, that I was destined to fail. And Sambo's one morning while I was in college walked in and put his hands on my shoulder and said, Tom, what are you doing? I said, I'm studying for a physics test. And he said, I always pictured you as a football coach. And that's what got me to thinking about maybe I need to be a football coach. And uh, I changed my whole life path because of Henry Woody Bowles. That is awesome. I know. It is awesome. He's one of, I almost get a little misty talking about him. He was very important in my life. Woody Bowles, and I think that's important, too, because a lot of times we see the names on the stadium. Yeah. Quite frankly, a lot of the athletes or even fans know the, the history behind yeah. some of these individuals. Yeah, well, he was, he was something else. He was a cat and. Anybody that played for him, whether it be River Oaks or, or Ridgedale or St. Fred's or Caldwell or Oak Grove or any of the number of places he coached over the years, they got their own Woody Bull stories and moments, I'm sure. At number five, I got a tie here. I put uh, two just legends in women's college basketball. Pat Summit, of course, what she did for the game, the 1,005 career yeah. wins, just 92 losses in her career. That's over the span of 38 years. And then, of course, you mentioned Pat Summit, and one of our favorites, certainly from around here, you got to put Leon Barmore in the mix. I agree. I don't disagree at all. I got Pat Summit at number three on my list. I happened to coach at the school she graduated from in Tennessee and uh, was friends with her sister. 
Um, knew her family, um, met with her many times. Uh, and another guy on one of my lists was actually her coach in high school. And uh, that's what gave me the opportunity to meet her several times. We've had this discussion with Coach Barmore about, you know, him. He didn't make the transition, the crossover to men's basketball. That was his ultimate goal when he went to Louisiana Tech. But quite frankly, they became so successful with right. the Lady Textures that it came to a point like, why would you do that? Right. Asked him how he thought Pat Summit, if she could have made that jump, that transition, he certainly thought she could have. You can only meet, if you met five minutes with Pat Summit. There, you have no doubt how you would answer that question. She was a tough, hard-nosed individual. She'd have been a great football coach. She was just a great leader of people. Who you got at number four? four number a four, we talked four well. Four B, and we talked about earlier. Dan Gable, uh, one of undoubtedly the greatest athletes that ever America's ever known that most people don't know about. And uh, you have to be up from around, you know, the Midwest uh, and into wrestling to know about Dan. But Dan Gable walked into our school in uh, West Union, Iowa, in the uh, early 80s. And it was just like God had walked into yeah. high school. Yeah, I can imagine. The guy lost one match ever in competition. Think about that now. And he competed all the way through the Olympics two different times. And then won 15, I think, NCAA championships. Uh, I'm not sure that anybody from a record standpoint can, can equal that. That's crazy. I still have a, a signed autograph picture from Dan Gable. That's awesome. That really yeah. is awesome. I'd like to steal that from you. You want to play it? Play for golf next uh, time. I don't have my wrestling singlet though. Still, that's why well, if you did, it wouldn't fit. <laughs> You'd be in a different weight class, I'm sure. Four <laughs> A, uh, Alton Red Franklin. Uh, I've always admired Coach Franklin. He's still coaching. If he coaches this year, I guess he hadn't missed a year in huh, what 50 years now. Assisted on his son's staff. He won 11 state championships. With his kids, didn't have to go get anybody else's. Uh, first time I ever met Coach Franklin, he was speaking on the Nike Clinic Tour, which is the first high school coach I'd ever seen speak on it years and years ago. Uh, a gentleman, uh, a scholar, and a great football coach, and no kid that ever played for that man wouldn't tell you right up front they didn't love him. He was a, he's a great, great leader of men and a great high school football coach and is still having the opportunity to bless kids in that Hainesville area even today. Every chance I get at the state championships when uh, Haynesville makes it, just to watch him interact with the kids nowadays and the authority that he yep. continues to carry with him. Well, you, you don't have the success, he said. I mean, they. I think he himself won 11 state championships. And you're talking about at a rural country school, there's no place to go get other kids from. He doesn't go get them from the next school over, the next three schools over, or whatever some of these other guys do. His, his wins are legit. And uh, that program is uh, all about Alton Red Franklin. And it's being carried on by a Sunday. Still go back to a number of years ago. There was a practice down there when Haynesville, Neville, and West Monroe were basically yep. crossing paths at the same time. And I looked, and you had you know Franklin there. You had Don Shouse. You had Charlie Brown yep. all in the field at the same time. And I said, can't let this moment pass. That's exactly I, right. I got them all together, and we had a little photo shoot with them. And I was just like, the number of wins and the knowledge together yep. with those three, pretty darn cool. Pretty awesome. You know, when I, when I was a young man, first got into coaching them, uh, and didn't know a lot about what I was doing. And we were at Bastrop High School coaching at the time. Uh, our district consisted of Charlie Brown, Mike Valerie, Chick Childress, and Don Shouse. <laughs> so we were a bit out, we were a bit outclassed in a lot of ways. But I tell you what, we learned a lot of football by the beatings we took from those guys. That, that is incredible. I know. I, tell me. I didn't appreciate it for what it was then. But looking back, I mean, my gosh, what what a what a what a incredibly well coached district. Aside from us, we did the best we could with what we had. Uh, at number three, I got North Carolina's Dean Smith. Just a hard-nosed, clean-cut guy. I don't think he ever had any issues with the NCAA in, what, the 36 years that he was there. 
It is amazing, though, that I think he only won two national championships. They were in the Final yeah. Four, I think, 11 times, but 879 victories while he was with the Target. He's an honorable mention for me. I think one thing Coach Smith did is he created a brand unknowingly. North Carolina is such a brand in NCAA basketball now, and, and a lot of the folks that wear the, that blue, don't even that Carolina blue, don't even know why. Uh, because he created such a brand. But he is an honorable mention. He's not on my top ten, however. All right. Who do you got at 3A, 3B? Well, 3B, I had Pat Head Summit. Like I said, I, I was lucky enough to meet Coach Summit several different times and, and uh, uh, coach at the school she graduated from. And, and uh, she's a special, special person, rest her soul. And, and uh, the legacy might be un- unsurpassed. You know, she worked at Tennessee for nothing practically when she took the job, and she built NCAA women's basketball to what it is. She's the one who did it. And uh, everybody else followed in her footsteps. She was a giant in, in that sport. And at 3A, somebody's made an impact on your life. Yeah, Gerald Johnson. Gerald Mama Johnson, uh, the meanest, toughest ex-Marine football coach I've ever known. I worked with him for four years at Cheatham County High School in Tennessee. He's in the MTSU Hall of Fame in three sports. Uh, was, a, was a great baseball player, basketball player, and football player. Uh, was the, the, the roughest, toughest, old-school Marine football coach i've ever been around the kids love the guy had a huge impact on my coaching career we go to number two you certainly have to respect what nick saban continues to done whether it was at they did at lsu nor now at alabama perhaps you don't like the way he has done it or sometimes how he handles the media but uh, saban has to be on the list of most respected uh not on my list uh he's on his honorable mention i think he's approaching that uh, he, he uh, no doubt, he's one of the greatest football coaches in the NCAA level that's ever, ever you know, picked up a whistle. And uh, boy, I debated a long time where to put him, but when I really got to thinking about it. He just, he was just honorable mention for me. Hmm. Who do you got at number two, A and B? Well, B was uh, Paul Bear Bryant. Ironically enough, hmm. uh, the Bear, uh, he was the, uh, the Saban of his era, much like Saban's the Bear of his era, of this era, I guess. And uh, Bear Bryant commanded respect when he walked in the room. I was lucky enough to hear him speak at a clinic one time. And uh, you talk about a guy that takes over a room when he walked in. He, he really did. Big, statuesque man with a big, deep, baritone voice. And it was like listening to the voice of God for a young football coach. And, and uh, I guess anything that's ever been written about the man, I have somewhere and have read it and, and pour over it uh, yearly. I always read over it. But uh, that's, that's my, my 2B and my 2A. It's uh, Ralph Spangler. Ralph Spangler taught me about 80% of what I know in football. Ralph is a uh, TSSAA Tennessee Sports Association Hall of Fame member. Uh, I, I was lucky enough to work in a, in a county in Tennessee that he was retired from, and uh, he took me under uh, under uh, his wing and said, okay, boy, you're doing this wrong. Let me show you how to do it right, and taught me just about everything I know about football. We became real close personal friends. Um, he, he went, listen to this, he never missed a high school football game either as a coach or a retired coach from 1951 until he died in 2016. Never missed one. Uh, there's three different sporting facilities at three different schools in Tennessee named after him. Played on the Rose Bowl team uh, at Alabama, the undefeated Rose Bowl team in Alabama, I believe in 49, I think maybe that's right, was a running back. That was before Bear Bryant got there. Uh, a legend in the state of Tennessee and a, and a close personal friend that's dearly missed and uh, had a great influence, the biggest influence in my football life. Well done. Well, thank you. Uh, number one, I got Eddie Robinson. Eddie Rob. Boy, I thought about that one for a long time, too. He's in my honorable mention, not in my top ten. Uh, I came in on the twilight of his career when I was over at Shreveport, but then, of course, 
the research, you go through the Hall of Fame and just hearing the different stories from the number of people and the lives that he touched, uh, pretty darn incredible. Quick Eddie Rob story for you. When I was a senior in high school, Eddie Robinson came to St. Frederick's High School to recruit, uh, recruit a young man uh, named Boris Moore. And uh, we were sitting in a classroom, and uh, the announcements came on and said, Boris Moore, Tommy Thorpe, come to the office. So I go to the office, and we walk in. There's Eddie Robinson. Of course, we know who Eddie Robinson was. Uh-huh. And when he saw me walk in, his eyes got kind of big because I don't think I was exactly what he was looking for. And, I, and, I, <laughs> and uh, Boris certainly was. Boris played college football. Not at Gramlin, played somewhere else. Played at Morehouse, I think, in Atlanta. Um, anyway, after he threw the spiel down about Gramlin and all those things, I, you, I was, you continue to sit in. The I meeting. sat in for a while, and then finally I, I very politely said, Coach Robinson, I don't really think I'm supposed to be in here. And he kind of smiled. And I eased out. Now, I told you that story to tell you this. Uh, I went to college for five years to get a four-year degree because I'm a, a bright young man. Yeah. Uh, about my second year in coaching, I was at the state championships game, state championship games at the Superdome, and I was going up in the uh, uh, elevator at what now I think is the Hyatt Regency or whatever whatever that hotel is hooks onto it, and the elevator door opens and Eddie Robinson steps in. And, of course, again, I know who Eddie Robinson is. Here's the most impressive thing any man's ever done to, to me. He walks in, and he recognized me and called me by name. He says, hey, Tommy, how are you doing? Out of the blue. The guy had a photographic memory. I was aghast. I couldn't believe. I was I was just so mad there was nobody else in the elevator that nobody would know that Eddie Robinson knew me by name. And a uh, true story. That happened, uh, gosh, many years ago now, probably, I guess, 87, 88, something like that, maybe 89. Wow. Uh, but that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's real good. Who do you got at 1A and 1B? 1B, John Wooden. I don't think there's a coach in any profession that hasn't read everything he can on John Wooden and his pyramid of success and, and, and how you build winners and what it takes. And, and no doubt he had great players and he went and got great players. But when you win 10 national championships and was like nine of them in a row or something like that, um, uh, and, and all the undefeated seasons, I don't, I, I don't know how many years. Terry Walter, I'm sure could tell you how many years they went undefeated and all that stuff. Uh, I guess probably the greatest coach I've ever heard of. And uh, ten titles in twelve years. I think they won what eighty-eight straight at one point. He crazy. finished up with uh, six hundred and twenty wins and just hundred and forty-seven losses in his career. And be- it became such a mentor to so many coaches and so many business leaders and so many professions after that. And a kind, gentle man that would talk to anybody anywhere. I wish I'd ever. I wish I'd have got to meet him, but I never did. Mm. So we're to what? One A. One A. My father. Uh. Uh, my father taught me how to be a man. He never played football. He never played baseball. He never played any athletics. I saw him try to play softball one time, and, and as a, a young kid, I was going, my God, my dad's got a terrible swing. <laughs> uh, not an athletic man, but a worker and hard-nosed and, and, and taught me that the truth was always the best way to handle it. And even though it may hurt some people's feelings, and it, and it does, I think more now than, than uh, later, but uh, my dad taught me how to be a man, and, and Roy Tharp is, uh, will always be my number one. Hmm. Well done. Thank you. You're not going to do any better than that. We it's just, hard to Let's just there, end right? the show right now. Just shut it down, man. Uh, buddy wants to know, what about Terry uh, Waldrop? Where is he on the list? He he made honorable, honorable mention. <laughs> he He's on the list where you put the kid on there because they're the superintendent's son. Uh, Terry was one of the best uh, uh, college pickup game volleyball players I've ever had the uh, privilege of setting up for the spike. I'm not sure either one of us could get over the net anymore, but at the time we were we were quite the pair. How good are you at uh, water volleyball when you're at one of these resorts at the vacation spots? From my recollection, <laughs> incredibly good. Possibly the best they've ever seen. I know I get a lot of comments. Yeah, uh, They're fun. I enjoy it. Oh, I enjoy it. Well, it depends on which pool you're in. If you're in the right pool, it even gets better. <laughs>
888-993-7762. We'll try to end the show with a bang. Our parting shots coming up after the break. Come to a peachy paradise, June 22nd and 23rd for the Louisiana Peach Festival in Ruston. Friday, June 22nd, enjoy music from Lacey Cavalier and John King. Don't miss the rodeo, the peach art exhibit, lots of arts and crafts, and of course, the peach parade. June 23rd, we'll have a battle of the bands in Ruston's Railroad Park. Closing out the Peach Festival will be renowned New Orleans party band, Bag of Donuts. From top of the pop to rock songs to dance, all with that Bag of Donuts twist. The 2018 Louisiana Peach Festival in Ruston, June 22nd and 23rd, with a kids' fishing tournament, a peach art exhibit, games and carnival rides, a rodeo. That sounds like a lot, right? Well, it's not even half the story. Go check out more for yourself at louisianapeachfestival.org. The Louisiana Peach Festival in Ruston, June 22nd and 23rd. Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price for how many doors, cars, trucks, and SUVs, the king of the road car king. We treat you like royalty. We earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing. The king of the road, the king of the road, car king. Your dad's put up with cutting grass on that old broken down mower long enough. It's time to get him a bad boy from Yard Power in Monroe and West Monroe. Yard Power has the full lineup of bad boys. And through Father's Day, buy any new Bad Boy mower and YP will give you a free Echo String Trimmer while supplies last. The Bad Boy Father's Day blowout is going on at Yard Power. Highway 165 north of Century Lincoln, Monroe and on Walter Blaine just off New Natchitoches in West Monroe. Good morning. Here's latest weather conditions for our area. Decreasing cloudiness with a 30% chance of rain today and a high of 94 degrees. Partly cloudy skies with a 20% chance of rain on tonight, a low 73. Partly cloudy skies with a 20% chance of rain on tomorrow and a high of 95 degrees. Grab another cup of coffee and keep tuned to the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King and Monroe. Welcome back to the show. We're about to end it with a bang. Hey, you got one fan out here. They didn't put a name to it. Say, great job, Coach Tharp. Good show this morning. That was. Uh, you got to talk closer to the mic. That's uh, good. That was probably, uh, <laughs> yeah, probably my wife. Well, no, probably not. Uh, what do you got planned for the rest of the day? Uh, golf? Yeah, or you actually going to go no, work, no, go no work golf. out? Got to go work a little bit. Got to go to Mangum and talk to a few guys and then get in the weight room and. Maybe trim the grass a little and check things out down there before he's back and working my own yard. Uh, you are on the uh, golfing circuit right now for the summer, right? That's right. Senior tour, baby. How many uh, coaches have you run into on the course this summer? All of them over 50. <laughs> Anybody over 50 is on the course. I mean, they're, they're playing. A lot of the guys, uh, a lot of your retired coaches, when you go to French's Bend on a Wednesday at 8 in the morning for that senior thing, uh, well, there's a lot of old faces out there. You can put a... You could have a pretty good coach clinic out there. Best retired uh, golfer that was a coach? Ooh. Uh, Peepatoe's good. He's a pretty good golfer. Um, that's that, that'd probably be my pick right now. Right. Let's get to our parting shots. Look here. Look here, Blondie. God, I hate to hear that. I hate to hear that. And you 
and Nick up there at your little Punch and Judy show. Y'all kind of made fun of it and went on to the next subject. I don't know why we can't understand that. And y'all treat me like garbage, man. Well, I don't really care to answer the critic. Y- y'all trumped up all over me. Wrong. That is absolutely wrong. I'm a crowd pleaser. That's what I do. I try to play to my crowd. And I don't really care about that. It's the end of the conversation. Thank you very much. Have a great day. I don't even remember what show that was from, but you were uh, fired up. I don't remember either. I'm sure it was. Uh, it was probably after you downplayed uh, your motorcycle accident to me. And then the first time that I saw you, I was like, oh, this was pretty serious. Maybe we shouldn't have been joking around about it. Well, you guys didn't care. Y'all could have cared less. I didn't realize how bad it was until uh, it was that Friday night and I had a crew down there. And uh, somebody had a shot of you. And it literally looked like you had been through hell and back. Well, I didn't realize how bad it was until about a tenth of a second before I kissed the back of that Silverado. <laughs> and I said, this is going to be bad. And then uh, it was not a – the good news is Silverado tailgates will be in, and you can knock their beds off the off of the frame. You can break the bolts. And the good news is you haven't been on a motorcycle since and hopefully will not be. No, that's not true. Actually, wow. I have been, and I'm looking right now to buy me another one. No. Oh, absolutely. Say it isn't so. Absolutely. That's, that's one of my favorite things to do. Not the hitting the truck part, but – uh, the, the open-wheel riding part. You have been a big supporter of this split, and we have yet to discuss it. You think it's going well, the select-non-select deal? Oh, I think in these tweaking, I think everything does. I think we can cut down on classes and cut down on championships. I think there's some things we can do. Uh, but I know this. There's a whole lot of folks on both sides, the select and non-select side, who really, really like it. And there's a very small handful of those who don't. Uh, and it has also helped uh, some schools who – routinely lost young athletes to other schools, retained some of those athletes, which proves the fact that they were moving for athletic purposes, which is what the LHSA is supposed to be against. We've had a couple of cases here uh, recently in the last one or two years where yep. the LHSA has cracked down. Yep. Do you think they're doing a better job on that front? I think Mr. Bonine is is a lot more proactive on that than maybe in the past we've been, uh, and I'm glad of that. I, I, I personally think it even needs to be harsh, more harshly enforced, but oh. – um, it's it's tough, you know. It, it's a hard thing to prove, but at the same time, when when uh, uh, it keeps happening repeatedly to the same people, to the same entities that are getting it done, are losing kids. There's you know, well, there's smoke, there's fire. We should have played overrated, underrated with Eddie Bonine. Hmm. That wouldn't have been good for me, probably. Hmm. Mixed reviews, I take it. Uh, I I appreciate what he's attempted to do and has accomplished since he's been there. I think he took the job, maybe not knowing the full scale of the emotion evol- involved uh, in this state, in football especially, and especially concerning uh, select, non-select. I think he got blindsided a little bit. And once he realized it, I think then maybe he tried to cater a little bit more to most sides as opposed to just one side of the issue. At what point will uh, the number of state championships being handed down be kind of condensed a little bit? Because I think everybody agrees right now yeah. that it may be perhaps a little watered down. Well, I, I, I hate to use that term watered down. I, I would tell anybody to go to one of these watered down schools that won a state championship yeah. and ask them how they feel about it. Um, I don't know what point it will be condensed. I think it will be to some degree. It could have been last year had the, some of the select schools decided to vote against the proposal to do the very thing that a lot of the ones that hate the split talk about. Uh, I'm hoping that Tommy Byler at North Vermillion puts up his proposal again to kind of consolidate some of the divisions and, and even things out a little bit. Uh, I think it'll pass this time. Uh, but there's a, there's enough talk about that that it's going to get done, but like anything in politics, it takes forever. At some point, we're going to get Eddie Bonine on this show. The one question you want me to ask him, 
Wow. Um, uh, looking towards yeah, retirement. On, I don't you know, haven't, man. You haven't been speechless the entire well, show. Well, I know, but and that's the reason I had a hard time coming up with a question because anything I needed to ask Eddie Bonine, I asked him. Oh. And uh, he's not a hard man to talk to. He yeah. loves to talk to you. I, again, I think he was blindsided a little bit when he took this job. And, and once he realized uh, the harshness and the emotion involved, uh, he realized he had more constituency than just the ones who were initially talking to him. But I think he's done a great job since then. All right, you've been playing golf literally every other day. We will get back mm-hmm. on the course for a grudge game coming up very soon. The number of strokes that you will be giving me on the course. Uh, I, boy, I hit it bad yesterday. It wasn't good. I'm thinking six or seven is kind of the sweet spot. Is that what it was last time? And I, I think I, 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 I think it, I think it was six, and yeah, I beat you by four. And, again, shirt was a little snug. It was another one. I found a couple more now that I can get through the ball on. Uh, favorite vacation spot? I know you're going to take a few here coming up. Mm, I don't know. I, I really enjoy Mexico. I really enjoy uh-huh. Mexico. That's one of my favorite places. But we're going to have to spread our wings a little bit and try some other places. Um, I don't really have a, a, a favorite spot. I like different spots. I don't like to go to the same place too often. I like to look at new things. Common response when you're at a resort and uh, people ask you, what do you do for a living? I'm a coach. Uh, typically people don't ask me that, but really? I they mean, don't, you, you don't, don't talk business when you're in shop or, and the conversation never drifts to that instead of what you're going to have to drink or eat for the day. No, never drifts to that. Oh. Uh, I try to, I mean, I, I don't know if I've ever been asked that while I was in, in Mexico for sure. Uh, but yeah, I tell them I'm coach and they say, what do you coach? And I say soccer. football. And say then soccer. If you tell them you're a coach and they ask you what, and you tell them whatever it is, then, that, then here goes the conversation over something you don't want to talk about to somebody you don't want to be talking about it to. <laughs> and so you try to avoid that. Uh, one other thing we didn't get to, and I wanted to bring this up. Uh, former quarterback for years, uh, Ridge Heisler, was fantastic yeah. for, a quarter, for three years, led you guys down to the state championship game. Uh, he had a little bit of a bumpy road to get back on the diamond. How right. cool was that to see him pitching in a regional like that for North awesome. State? Awesome. I mean, awesome. I talked to Ridge the week of and then, and then immediately following the game. And, and he threw a great game until they had the little, the little snafu at first. I think maybe he lost focus a little bit. But, my gosh, he was playing uh, probably the best hitting team in North America and uh, had a great year this year on the mound. Uh, I fully expect him to probably get drafted next year. I would be surprised if he didn't. Left-hander throws close to 90 and got got four pitches. Uh, great kid. Let, like you said, led us in football, led us in baseball. Uh, was a great academic kid, great parents, was everything you could ask for in a high school athlete. Tommy, this was fun. You Thanks, maybe, man. I appreciate uh, that. Mark. At the end of the summer, perhaps come back? I, I didn't enjoy it that much. We'll talk about <laughs> it. Give me a few weeks to kind of get over this, and we'll talk about it. Thanks, bud. Appreciate Thanks. it. Everybody have a great day. The Edge is coming up next. We'll yell at you bright and early tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. Thanks for listening to the best of the morning drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.